Broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Christina Sasso of Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International. And you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. What you're going to hear today is very important, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that you allow God to open your heart and your mind to receive what he has to say through me that is addressed to the church. This has been in my spirit for a long, long time. And I have been praying and dealing with this issue for several years now. And it is time to address it again. Why? It is time. Keep in mind that my motivation is pure and sincere, and I have to obey God. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 says, in NIV, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See? Today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This is what we're going to do today. To tear down, to overthrow, to uproot and to destroy. And then we build and plant the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. Okay? As soon as the Lord appointed the prophet Jeremiah and gave this young prophet a very big responsibility, the Lord opened the spiritual eyes of the young prophet Jeremiah. God opened his eyes through vision. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11, The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. Verse 12, You have seen correctly. For I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The prophecy that I'm about to share with you, and for those of you that had been listening to this radio broadcast, I addressed this several years ago. God is wanting and desiring for this prophecy to be fulfilled this year. Okay? So give me a chance. Give God a chance. Then, down to verse 17, it says, Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today, I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. First, God warned the prophet not to be afraid. He also told beforehand this young prophet that almost everybody, people of authority, will be against him. And then God reassured this young prophet that The people, the kings, and those people with authority and common people will not prevail against him because God 
was with him through and through. So this is the perfect timing of God. And I will deliver this prophecy and I will address you today boldly and fearlessly. I released this prophecy many times in the past and I got lots of angry people, especially their leaders. But I really don't care today. What I care about is this will take root in your hearts and in your mind. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict you and make you really listen to this prophecy. So what you can do and what I encourage you to do is after you listen to this prophecy, listen to this instruction and present the case before you that you will examine everything by going back to the word of God. And I assure you that this prophecy not only lined up with the word of God, but they also mirror the characteristics, the purpose, the heart of a loving and merciful, a just and a holy God. So open your heart, okay? And our God does not play favorites. So here are some of the prophecies the Lord had me release over the course of many years pertaining to my focus today. Number one. God will recompense the blacks and also the Hispanics for the wrongs done to their fathers. He will recompense the blacks for the slavery and for other wrongs and injustice. I am talking about the believers and the followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, not for everybody, but for the church first. God is also going to restore everyone, blacks, Anglos, Hispanics, Asians, and any others, to their proper place of anointing and blessing, to a place of wholeness and prosperity, so that the children and their children's children will not pay for the sins of their fathers concerning injustice, concerning slavery, concerning unforgiveness, concerning divisiveness. So this prophecy applies to all of us. Condition and instruction, forgive. Let go of the past. Number two, get engaged and take your post. Consider the one who called you, our Lord Jesus Christ, is faithful. Number three, do not cause division amongst the ranks. Do not go, support, or join any ministry that cause separation, hatred, divisiveness, or discrimination. Keep in mind, prejudice is wicked. It's evil. Reverse discrimination in the eyes of God is as equally wicked. It's also evil. I was called to be in a jury pool several years ago when I was still working for one of the financial institutions here in San Antonio. My boss did not want me to get picked out because we have lots of loan closings, development loans in multi-million dollar projects that week, and they needed me at the office. The case where I was supposed to be assigned as a juror, if picked, was a criminal case involving a 19 or 20-year-old black man, very young. Of course, the defense attorney wanted to have black people in the jury pool to ensure that his client will have a fair trial. What I 
heard from all these discussions really shocked me. They could not get enough black people in the jury pool because 70% of the blacks are not registered voters, cannot vote, or cannot be in the jury pool because they have criminal record. They cannot serve in the jury. I was shocked. Something was very, very wrong. That statistic is staggering. Then I went to a black pastor. I cannot sleep. I was just so, so disturbed by what I learned. And I kept on asking, how come nobody is doing something about it? So I made an appointment with a black pastor who is a part of the ministry that I was serving under. And I asked him, do you know about the statistics? And he said, oh, yeah, I was one of them. I used to deal drugs until the Lord arrested me and I got born again. So now, at that time, he was pastoring a church. He told me also that more than 50% of the teenage girls were having babies before the age of 16 or 17. That is also staggering. And more than 50% of the black children grow up without a father at home. They did not have any role models. I went home and cried to the Lord. Something is very wrong, Lord. What is the body of Christ doing about this? This can't be right. I know that I had to do something, but I don't even know where to start. So I asked the pastor again, what are we going to do about this? The pastor told me and said, oh, no, you cannot go there. You cannot reach them and said they don't trust you. They will only trust a black pastor or a leader. They will not trust you. So I told the pastor, then let us do something. And I kept on calling him. And finally, he said, okay, we're going to have a basketball game and a pizza night Friday every other week or once a month. I went home. I was totally, totally discouraged and almost angry and said, what this basketball and a pizza got to do with everything that is pertaining to their heart and in their mind. They are perishing. They are going to jail. They don't stand a chance. I used to lead an intercessory prayer group in my house, and I had probably about seven or nine black sisters, much, much older than me, that the Lord sent. I asked them to pray about it, and I shared with them what I learned and that we should do something about it. Well, one of the sisters is in heaven now, told me that they've known all along about this and that black people were told that because of the color of their skin, they are cursed because they're descendants of Canaan, because Canaan's father, Ham, exposed the nakedness of his father, Noah. This is in Genesis chapter 9:25. That was shocking. How can that be? Jesus became the curse for all of us. When we're born again, we didn't have any past. The color of our skin or our gender don't count anymore because we became a spirit being. We were born of the spirit and there are neither Jews nor Greek, male or female, but we are all one in Christ. Galatians chapter 3. And I also read Genesis 9.25. And it's not God who cursed Ham. It's Noah. God will not do anything like that. How can a sane, intelligent person believe such a thing or even say such a thing? 
I went before the father because I really wanted to do something about it. I wanted some answers. Then the Lord told me that he wanted to recompense my black brothers and sisters in Christ. But they have to obey his word. They have to obey his commands. So the Lord Jesus had me release the same prophecy about three years ago. I was excited that year. I saw a few manifestations, but it fizzled out again. I began to question myself. Was I really hearing from God? But I know that is the heart of God. His plan for us is to prosper us, not to harm us. He is a loving God. And then here we are in this year, in 2015. And what is happening in our nation cannot be ignored by Christians, especially spiritual leaders, any longer. Why did we allow these things to happen and to take a bitter root in all our hearts and we didn't do anything about this? So I went before the Lord again and I released the same prophecy. I went before the Lord again and prayed. And I asked, Lord, why is this not happening? Why is this prophecy not happening? I am not a false prophet. And this is what the Lord told me. Christina, I cannot manifest blessings until forgiveness is released by my children. I cannot bless my people as much as I want to because there's still bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, divisiveness that needs to be uprooted in the hearts and minds of my people. I cannot also manifest this. Because the leaders that I appointed to bring unity in the body of Christ among the black leaders and Hispanic leaders are inciting bitterness and divisiveness and preaching unforgiveness and suspicion from the pulpit. Don't turn me off in the name of Jesus. I am not finished. God is not finished yet. Here are my scriptural reference. Matthew chapter 6 verse 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That is a condition. If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Luke chapter 6 verse 37. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Luke 11:4. Jesus taught us how to pray. Forgive us our sins, Father, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. There is a power of forgiveness as there is a power and restoration and deliverance and blessings in repentance. I'm addressing everybody right now. There is a deliverance in letting go of the past because a future is brighter in and with Christ Jesus. When you forgive, when you repent, there is also healing, a life free of fear and torment because perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. This needs to be addressed from the pulpit all over the country. We must obey the commandment of the Lord, whether you're white, whether you're brown, whether you're black. 
Do not ignore this prophecy, especially its condition. Do not ignore what is happening in this country, especially among our young people. God knows your action or inaction, and your action or inaction will determine your future or if you continue to take a leadership position or be in a place of blessing. Let me tell you a story. I was talking to uh, one of the brothers in Christ um, here at Freedom Fellowship Church. He was telling me how blessed he is, how grateful he was for his parents, both of whom are in heaven. He told me that he is a real mama's boy. He is really so proud and so grateful for his mom. His mom brought fear of God. She taught him to fear God, to be responsible, to work hard, to live in integrity, and to put God first. Same. Love of God, love of country, love of family. He is really proud and grateful for his family. See, this brother has an advantage growing up. To be brought with godly parents with a very righteous set of values. Now, he still serves God. He fears God. He's a hard worker, generous, extremely smart, and prosperous. Now, if you are a victim, either child abuse, abusive relationship, if you are a victim of rape or have been verbally abused or grew up without a father or a mother or in a poor environment, these victims we know need a lot of help. For someone who's been dealing with the victims, the counselors, the pastors, they knew in the encounter that everything, the things that you first want to do is for them to talk about what happened to them. But you need to get their trust. You need to give them love. Every Christian counselor know that. Fear needs to be cast out. Suspicion, even bitterness needs to be cast out from the victims. And it comes in stages. It is not going to happen overnight. Very, very seldom that somebody who is a victim of rape or child abuse or abusive relationship, that they hear the counsel of God, lay hands on them, and lo and behold, everything is gone. Because our body, our mind needs to be regenerated by the washing or the reading of the word of God and by applying God's ways of doing things. As far as their past is concerned and their sins, they've been forgiven. Okay. The victims also develop. You have to really overcome this to them and get them delivered. All of them have low self-esteem and even worse. Most of them, if not all of them, think that what happened to them is their fault. Some bitterness, bitterness and anger and Sometimes their anger is towards God for allowing things to happen. Their confidence and their trust need to be built up because they need to let go, they need to share, they need to forgive, and they need to trust God and have the confidence to move on, to move forward. Only the power of love, the power of forgiveness and patience are needed in this. 
Now, the black community, even Hispanics, majority of those in the black community did not have a good start, like the brother I talked about. Usually they grew up without a father, poor, in the same neighborhood like the others, and are pressured by their peers for them to act the same as everybody in that neighborhood, good or bad. They're suspicious of the people of other race, especially whites. And here comes the problem, even with the police department. Police department, Hispanics, white, blacks, they're cold in the scenes of crime. They're being sent there, usually in a black community. And if they are not born-again Christians, they see all this negative side of that neighborhood that poor neighborhood, all the crime-ridden neighborhoods, they tend to see all of the negative things, and in their mind, they tend to peg everybody in the same category. They, too, are victims. Please understand that. Now, the spiritual leaders have tried to reach out to the blacks. There are a group of repentance ceremonies, and nothing is happening. Why? We have to see through the other's perspective. For us, we have to gain the trust of the black or Hispanic community by getting engaged and follow through with our action. We have to care enough for them. This can only be done by the leading of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. For the blacks, do not continue to cause divisiveness, especially in the pulpit. Do not preach anger no matter how justified you feel, because of the commandment of our Lord, you need to forgive. How many times we have to forgive? You're a pastor. You know how many. And we all know that there are wicked blacks, there are wicked Hispanics, there are wicked Anglos. And do you know, as nice as I am, there are also wicked Filipinos? Very wicked. Let us unite in love. Our unifying force is Christ Jesus, and our language is love. Stop propagating fear. Stop propagating hatred, unforgiveness, bitterness. If we do all of this, the transfer of wealth, in influence, and affluence will manifest suddenly in our lives. Do not let our younger generation in all colors to suffer further because of our failures as leaders to lead them into repentance and forgiveness. Discrimination is evil. Reverse discrimination or unforgiveness is as equally evil in the eyes of God. There is no way out of it. Do not allow the world and the politicians to divide us based on the color of our skin. The condition of our country is reflective on the condition of the church. We are the one who was appointed by God to be steward, not them. We have his name. We have his authority, and we have the Holy Spirit to teach and guide us. So let us stand together and unite. Let us repent together, and let us forgive one another. That's the commandment of the Lord. Join us on June 19, Friday at 7 p.m., and a whole day Saturday for a prophetic conference and school. And we would like to know what is God saying to the church. 
you need to register for this event. Again, it's June 19 and 20, right after I return from my mission trip to the Philippines. You have to register for this event. It's $30 per person and seating is limited. And also, if the Lord is leading you to sow a seed for the mission trip to the Philippines, you can sow your seed by going to our website, SOGMI.org, and click Donate. Or you can mail your check to Post Office Box 1579, Helotis, Texas, 78023. God bless you for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas, 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org.